All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true. It's always on time. Father, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for allowing us to see Jesus everywhere in Scripture. Thank you, Father. It is truly all about your son. Thank you for the people you have here for this appointed day. God, open up their hearts, their minds, their eyes to see you in all your great love. To see Jesus for who he truly is. Father, we look forward to learning more and feeding from you, from Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Let the church say, amen. All right, y'all ready to get into it? Let's do this. By the way, uh, you know how the Bible, we're going to see in a second, but the reason for the picture is that's literally how the manna fell. We're going to talk about the manna. We're going to talk about how Jesus is really the true bread, the picture of, uh, of the manna that fell back in Exodus 16. And uh, the Bible says it came down uh, on the dew and it looked like frost and and it tasted like cake with oil. And I meant to bring the little Debbie's, but I didn't. By the way, I had a little Debbie oatmeal cream pie yesterday for the first time in like 10 years. And let me tell you something. It, I literally could feel what addicts must go through. <laughs> because I'm like, I couldn't stop at one, right? I'm like, man, it, well, there's... there's 11 more in this box. They are small, man. Can you? I mean, they're small. <laughs> man, it was good. I just, man, it was good. Boy, I ain't gonna lie to you. And I literally was driving saying, man, this is good. <laughs> and it's a little Debbie. It ain't like, you know, Miss Bennett's pies or anything like that, right? It's not like some of the stuff y'all bake. It was a little Debbie. That's probably been sitting on the... Sh anyway. Jesus, the true bread of Christmas. Let's see what we got going on here. So John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And we be... And, and, no, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. He came down, He became flesh, and He dwelt among us. Do you guys know that Jesus is the only one who could have decided where He was going to be born? Yes? He's the only one. If you if you were truly king, how would you come? How would you come if you could decide where you would be born? Who would you be born to? Jesus came and instead of being born in a castle, chose to be born in a feeding trough, a manger. Yes, amen. Humble, humble. That that should remind you immediately of somebody you know. Here you go, Pastor. Take over. I'm going home. <laughs> hey, you ain't got to repeat it. <laughs> Who said that, by the way? Oh, figure. I'm going to need you to remove them off the roll. Jesus chose where he was going to be born, right? Look at this in, in James 4, 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Gives grace. That's why Jesus came like he did, right? He could have came all powerful. But God cho chooses the little things, right? The little things. And his favor was upon the, 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 the humble, the meek, 
I love that. Another verse, 1 Corinthians 1, 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And that's why Jesus came. Listen, he could have been born anywhere he wanted to. But he came because he was humble. He, he humbled himself. Amen? God uses little things. Do you guys know that lobsters would rule this world if it wasn't for rubber bands? It went over better in the elders' meeting. Let's go to John chapter 6. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, this is Jesus. Therefore, they, say to him, they said to him, uh, what sign will you perform then that, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my father gives you the true bread. Say true bread. The true bread from heaven. That is important, right? For the, for the bread of God is he, Jesus, who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Life to the world. It doesn't say he comes down to judge people. He came down to give life to the world. And it doesn't say life to the church. It's life to the world. Their sins are forgiven just like yours are. They don't go to hell because they're sinning or we'd all be in trouble. They go to hell because they reject the sin payment. That's it. And instead of us telling them how sinful they are and that they're going to hell, tell them how loved they are. Amen? By the same Savior that you have. That's not a knock. That's just, I'm, I'm, I get frustrated when pastors use their airtime to beat people down. When we should be encouraging one another. And I'm not talking about just people in the church. I'm talking about the world. Amen? Whoo! So, question number one. The true bread. Where did the manna fall? You guys remember in Exodus 16, the manna chapter? Where did the manna fall? Where did it come from? Because it came from heaven. But where did it fall? On the ground. Uh, gravity, duh. <laughs> Exodus 16, 1. It's a place. Check this out. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of? Wow, that's not by chance. They're out there in the wilderness of sin. And the word there is literally Sinai, which is where it's a, it's a, it's a popular attraction for a lot of religious people. What was given on Mount Sinai? The law, right? Literally, it means thorny. Thorny. Jesus wore the crown of thorns. Amen? So, so isn't it interesting that the bread of life came to the wilderness of sin? That's interesting, isn't it? Because when Jesus came, I'm pretty sure it was a sinful place. Would you agree? Romans 5 says this, but God demonstrated his own love toward us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinning. So when people say, hey, you got to get your life together. You got to get right before God's going to bless you. 
the greatest blessing the world's ever received came while they were not right. Amen? You're not going to get any more blessed because you're perfect. Don't let people tell you that. You'd be wasting your time. It's a rat wheel. You can't do it. Except the perfect one who took your place. And sometimes that's harder to do. That's why it's, it takes a lot of humility to do that. Sometimes we want to punish ourselves for our past. Sometimes we want to punish our spouse for our past. We want to punish our children for our past. Because we know that somebody's got to pay. But when you realize that the payment's been made, then you stop punishing yourself and the people that love you. Amen? All right. When did the manna come? We know where it fell. When did it fall? Well, it tells us in Exodus 16, 2, same chapter. Uh, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egyptians. When we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us into or out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. The manna came when they were complaining. See that? When they were complaining. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, now what? They're complaining. They're doubting what God is doing. God opened up the Red Sea. They saw it. Now they're hungry. How many of you guys, when you get hungry, you get cranky? And you forget some of the good stuff? I thought you were doing this to George. Oh, she was. I thought she was going like this. I was like, dang, she want me to call him out? And I did anyway. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that, man. <laughs> All right. So this is, they're complaining against God who's taken care of them this whole time. They get hungry. And look what, look what God says. Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. Bread is life. He, he, he would have been within his right to rain judgment down on them because they're complaining against him. Complaining is a sin. It's a lack of faith. Anything that's not a faith is sin. They're complaining against God who is taking care of them this whole time, brought them out of slavery. And they wanted to go back there because it was comfortable. They're free. They're in the wilderness, and God says, this is amazing. They're complaining against God, and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rain bread down from heaven, not judgment. How many of you guys would start throwing lightning bolts back then? Like, what did he say? That's how, do, that's how I picture it. That's how I read the Bible, man. It's like, what's up, man? Don't make me come down there. All right, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Um, so it came while they were complaining. While they were complaining, God blessed them. Think about that. When someone tells you that God doesn't bless you unless you get right, that's a lie. It's a lie. You can't qualify for it. You can't. You, you, you complain. How many of you guys have lacked faith today? 
Yeah. But God still loves you. He's still going to take care of you. He's still going to give you bread, give you life. Amen. Love that. Check this out. Romans 5, 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. The greatest bread, the true bread came down while we were still without strength. And just like back then, the bread came down while they were complaining, while they were sinning. God rained bread down. Let me tell you something. We sin here. God rained Jesus down. Life. Life came down to us. Can you see how the manna and Jesus? It's all about Jesus. Eh? Amen. The whole Bible is about Jesus. It's beautiful. Number three, the glory of the Lord. And the manna. The glory of the Lord is tied up in the manna. There is a portion in seminary school they teach the law of first mention. The first place in scripture that the glory of the Lord is mentioned is in the manna chapter. Exodus 16. The glory of the Lord. So let's see it. Exodus 16 verse 6. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know, you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. The Lord did it. And in the morning you will you shall see the glory of the Lord. Glory. Why did I do that? Glory of the Lord. Uh, it reminded me of somebody. I can't remember. All right. Um, for he hears your complaints. He hears your complaints. Now some of us think when we complain, he hears them. We don't want him to hear them. But he knows, doesn't he? He knows. He hears uh, your complaints and against against him. That is amazing. And he still loves them. Still provided for them. He hears their complaints against him. But what But what are we that you complain against us? Most like, look, it ain't me. You got a problem, take it up with him. Also, Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the He'll just give you what you need, church. Amen? He is the God of more than enough to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. There it is again. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Now, whoo. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, wilderness of sin, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. So when does the glory of the Lord first show up? When they're complaining and when they look to the wilderness of sin. And when they looked, they saw provision. They saw what they needed was coming. They saw the glory of the Lord. Amen? So if you go back to John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. That's who Jesus is. He's full of grace and full of truth. And when people say truth is you can't just preach grace and, and not, not the law, you got to give them the whole truth. Well, the Bible says in the same chapter, that the law was given to Moses by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth are on the same team. The law is with Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. 
Amen? Love that. All right. Luke 2, the Christmas story. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Never before in the history of the planet has there been more glory to God in the highest than when the skies lit up. And the skies lit up because Jesus came. Amen? That's glory, the glory of God. And back in the Old Testament, you had to follow a cloud or a pillar, right? You look at them and, 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 and there's a pillar of fire or a cloud. Not now. When Jesus came, man, the sky lit up. Amen? He, on, on the Mount of Transfiguration, was white, white, bright white. Like this. Y'all see my socks? Boom. The man that came right where they were. It came right to them. They didn't have to go out and earn it. They didn't have to go out and work for it. It came right to them. Jesus did the same thing. He came right to where you are. He met you right where you are. Were are. Making up. Anybody can do this. Amen. Boom. All right. <laughs> Exodus 16, uh, verse 14. And, and when the layer of dew, say dew. Say do do. <laughs> when the layer do, <laughs> when the layer do lifted, do is very important. I want you to remember that. When the layer do lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when, so when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. That's what Jesus was talking about in John 6. They said, Moses gave us the bread. Jesus said, no, nah, it didn't come from Moses. It came from my father. He gives you the true bread. The true bread comes down from heaven. And you're looking at him. Well, you get it. So it came right to where they were. In fact, it says they opened up their tent door. It was right there on the ground. They didn't have to go out and get it. They didn't have to go out and work for it. It came right to where they were. And that's what Jesus does for every single one of us. No matter where you are in life, Jesus is right there. He'll come right to you. And people say, you got to come to Jesus. Listen, Jesus is always there. It's kind of like I found Jesus. He wasn't lost. You were. He came to you. The Holy Spirit drew you to him. Amen? So, the world say work harder. You know why it came and it just showed up right there? It just, it was right there outside their tent door. And it came at nighttime while they were sleeping. God made it so easy for them. They didn't have to go out and hunt for it. They just opened up their tent door. There it was. Every morning, there it was. Bread that would sustain them. That would give them strength. That would give them life. It was right there on the ground. And they didn't have to work for it at all. It's a gift from God. Would you agree? So, so some people say you you got to work. You got to work harder. The world says that you got to work harder to get what you want. You got to work, 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 work. And there's pastors that would say the same thing. You got to work to earn God's grace. You got to work. You got to keep the nursery. You got to tithe. You got to fast. You got to confess your sin every day. 
or God's not going to bless you. And I'm telling you, that's a lie from hell. God made it easy for them. It was right outside their door. Do you know how easy it is to be saved? Look at this. Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Religion tries to jack that up, make you take a 12-month class in order to be saved. You don't even need to come down here to the altar. You can be saved right where you are. Look, the word is near you, in your mouth. God put the bread right in your mouth. He'll feed you. Just like you feed your baby. Because he loves you. You're his creation. So, the word is near you, in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, confess what? Do you see anywhere in there where it says you need to confess your sins first? You don't know, you, you guys know the ABCs, right? Admit you're a sinner, believe in Jesus, confess your sin. That's what we teach our kids in church sometimes. That's how I grew up, right? Where is that? Where? Where is it, it says you got to confess your sin to be? It says confess Jesus. Confess Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You know what that's saying? It's saying that confess Jesus, the payment for your sin. You get to that point, you're admitting you're a sinner. Believe in your heart, God. Believe that he's not dead. Believe that he rose. Believe your sins are paid for and you're saved. There's nothing in there about confessing. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us. We ain't got time for me to hit that. That's not for you, believer. And uh, we can talk. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, that's how easy. Now, easy, easy, look. Easy doesn't mean cheap. Just because God made it easy, it cost him his son. Amen? Don't ever forget the price that was paid for God to make it easy for you to be saved. All right. The man met a daily need. A day, say daily. That's why when Jesus said, give us this day, our daily bread, we need it. We need Jesus every single day. We need to feed on Jesus. We grow spiritually by feeding on Jesus. Amen? If you're lacking peace, feed on Jesus. He is your peace. Amen? If, you're, if you feel sick, feed on Jesus. He's your help. He's your healing. If you feel like you're lacking something, feed on Jesus. He's your provision. Amen? Absolutely. Um, you grow by feeding on Jesus every day. Check this out. I want to just show you something. You have an opportunity every single day to do this. It's amazing. Listen to the story. Now, that, now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Tim, Set by the road, begging. Begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's all he knew. He, didn't, he couldn't see Jesus physically. He didn't know. So listen, this is for you, church. 
You can't see Jesus physically, but you know he's there. You know he's there. And, 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 and Jesus comes by and says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I love this. I, one day, Lord willing, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called Jesus Stood Still. Because think about that. So Jesus stood still. Think about that. Jesus is walking. And he stopped. What made him stop? Someone called out to him. Someone said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus. He, he had no sight. He, he, he didn't know. He, he was begging. He had nothing. But he knew Jesus was the answer. And he cried out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it made Jesus stop. The same Jesus in the Old Testament that stopped the sun from coming up and the moon from going down was stopped in his tracks by a blind beggar. Isn't that beautiful? He didn't stop for a Pharisee. He stopped for a blind beggar. I love that. Whew. That's, 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 that's who Jesus is. That blind beggar couldn't qualify. He didn't deserve anything. But Jesus stopped to help him. Another story. And a great wind, uh, windstorm arose and the waves beat to, into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. It's the only place in scripture where you see the word pillow. Jesus was, was asleep. There's a storm. He's asleep. You feel like Jesus is sometimes sleeping on you? On your situation? He's asleep. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You ever feel that way about Jesus? Jesus, do you not care about what I'm going through? Where are you? Why are you sleeping? You hear? <laughs> He'll be doing that all day. That's his favorite song. <laughs> So they actually accused Jesus. They're like, why don't you care about us, right? And then he arose and rebuked them? No, he rebuked the thing that was making them afraid. And he did it with one word. He said, shalom. And, and, and it says that there was not, look, uh, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was not just a calm, a great calm. A great calm. Isn't that beautiful? And, 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 oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that what it's called? Yeah, great calm. So anyway, uh, what I want you to see here is, this is very important, very important that you get this. The, the thing that was causing them fear, it was loud, it was boisterous, lightning was popping, thunder was rolling, waves were crashing. None of that woke Jesus up. You know what woke Jesus up? when his own people called him. That's amazing, church. And you have that opportunity every day to call out, call upon the name of Jesus. Just call upon him. Like I said, you feel sick? Call upon Jesus. Thank you for your healing. You feel stressed? Call upon the name of Jesus. Thank you that you are my peace. 
That's who he is, church. When you call out his name, there is so much power in your mouth. So much power. Just to be able to say Jesus. And it's little things, too. Don't think he's just a big thing. Don't think it's just when you're out fishing and the storm comes up. Hey, I'm going to do what Pastor Troy said. Shalom! Right? That's not what it's about. It could be before anything, before you get in your car, before you have an interview. If you got something going on, kids, if you're about to take a final next week, call upon the name of Jesus. Don't tell your parents, I'm not going to study because Pastor Troy said all I got to do is call on Jesus. That ain't going to fly at my house. (laughs) That just means you're, you're thanking the Lord for giving you a peace. You still do your part to study. Amen. God gave you a brain. Use it! <laughs> All right, you can have as much Jesus as you want. Some people come to church on Christmas. Some people come to church on Easter. Some people come to church once a week. Some people come to church four or five times a week. Doesn't matter. You, you can have as much Jesus as you want. Amen? Sometimes people don't come to Jesus until they need something. But listen, he'll still be there. You're just missing out on a bunch of other stuff. It's not that you're missing out. It's that your eyes are closed to all the stuff that he's doing. You you can't see it. Amen? You can have as much Jesus as you want. That comes from Exodus 16, 16. Check this out. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's. That's a bad translation. If you look at that word, it means let each man have according to his appetite. Some of us got big appetites. Amen? It doesn't say as much as you need. It literally says, according to your appetite. In other words, you can have as much Jesus as you want. It's up to you. It's up to you how much you feed from him. But maybe if your life is going one direction and you're not happy with it, maybe you should start feeding a little bit more on Jesus. Amen? That's all That's all it's saying. Yeah. Let every man according to his uh, one over for each person, according to the number of persons, let every man take for those who are in his tent. And it came, guys, it came always. It just kept coming. Cake. It, who wants to have cake every day? Right? Every day. Look at Numbers 11. This is the do part I was going to tell you about. The people went about and gathered it, ground it on millstones, or beat it in the mortar. Now, remember, the bread is a picture of Jesus. Was Jesus beaten on our behalf? Yeah, he was. Cooked it in pans and made cakes of it. And it taste, its taste was like the taste of pastries prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on top of it. The dew came in the night. When the storm arose, it, it was the darkest part of the night. It was the fourth watch. It was from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Darkest part of the night. When it's darkest, Jesus shows up. You know what this means? The dew came while the people were sleeping. When people are sleeping, that means they can't work for it. That means they can't try to earn it. Amen? Oh, too late. Well, let's do this. The manna came while they were sleeping. That's what I was just telling you. Amen? You can't work for it. You can't earn it. It's a gift. And you look at uh, Luke chapter 2 in the Christmas story. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Same time, fourth watch, three to six. When it's darkest, Jesus shows up. Amen? And you think about the dew, um, 
when the dew came, the dew had to land on the grass, on the dust. Jesus cannot land on the dust because dust represents fallen man, right? Jesus is deity. So the dew came so that Jesus could come down where we are but not be sin, not have sin. Amen? He never touched the dust. That's why when you die, a pastor's going to say, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Bye. Right? But that's not what God did with Jesus when the bread came down. The manna, God put the dew there. The dew is a picture of favor. The dew is the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us. Jesus could not come down and just fall directly on the dust. Everything is there for a specific reason, and it all points to Jesus. He's deity, but he came down, but he never touched the dust. He was never sin sinful. He was without sin. And that's why the last thing I have for you guys is this, that only a sinless man can take away your sins. So when that manna came down, that manna came down, landed on the dew for you. <laughs> Amen. You think about you think about the thorns, right? You think about what what the wilderness of sin is like. Everybody knows that somebody's got to pay for sin. And sometimes believers, if you're just just to give people hope and let them if if you're if you've been in the church for 20, 30 years, if you thought that you still have to pay for your sins, would you raise your hand? If you thought that you still had to pay, somebody had to pay for your sin. I mean, in our minds, we know Jesus saved us. We know it. And I always thought I still had to do something to be forgiven. I, whether that means serve at the church as much as possible. Right? I, I had to be a deacon. I, I had to, I had to, to, to teach youth. I had to keep the nursery. I had, to, I had to serve. Wherever I could serve, I had to do it. Did I do it because I love the Lord? Did I do it because I was free? No, I did it because I was paying for my sin. I was paying for my sin. I knew I was forgiven. I knew Jesus saved me. But man, it wasn't until about five years ago, guys, that I truly understood what that meant. Has it been six? Maybe six. I, 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 I didn't know. But once I figured out that I was completely saved, that God's not looking at me in my sin anymore, man, that gave me the power to rise up every time I fail and walk and help people and bless people. Amen? Too many people are beat down in churches. There's Listen, I used to, if I was struggling with something, I would beat up everybody by preaching that message. Right? I'd put my issue on everybody out there. I know y'all struggling with the same thing I'm struggling with. And if you don't change, we're going to go to hell. Because Christ's going to come back, and we think we might be ready to go, and he's going to say, I didn't know you. I used to jack up the Bible like that all the time, man. People be like, I, I want to know Jesus. Did they want to know Jesus because Jesus was good? No, they were scared to death of going to hell. Amen? I told y'all, I was at a camp. I was at a camp in North Carolina, scared to death because of what was being said. <laughs> There's a chance I can go to hell. Guess what happened at the end of that service? I made sure. I wasn't going to hell. 
And, and people say, that's when I got saved. Really not, because I was still in bondage. Because I came down because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't come down because I wanted to know Jesus. That's the difference in the message that we preach. We want you to know Jesus. We want you to know he loved you. We want you to have a relationship with him. This ain't no dating site, website. Amen? Jesus loves people. And that's what they need to know. This time of Christmas, share with them the messages that you hear here. The, the manger story, the, the Christmas manna. Let your family, let your friends know the true meaning of Christmas. Amen? Tell them the gift's not under the tree. It was hung on a tree for them so that they could be so that they could have life and have it more abundantly. I love how it says you can have as much Jesus as you want. He didn't just give them enough. He gave them whatever they wanted. It was up to them. That's how good he is. That's how big he is. He is able to go above and beyond all that you could ask or think. You can't outdream what Jesus can give you. He's giving you life. What more do you want? Amen? Listen, I could literally do this all day. But I went over last week. So I'm going to have Pastor D come up and rescue you. And I'll just, when I, listen, thank you. Give, hey, give Jesus a hand because literally all this is about him. And I hope you saw that. I hope you saw how God made every single thing in Scripture about Jesus, even the manna. Amen? And when I go to lunch today, when I get home today, I'm going to make Bella hear the rest of the message. And she can't wait. It used to be Kelly, but she's like, look, Bella, I'm out. Listen, if you're looking for a church, this is who we are, it's what we believe, you better hurry because we're running out of chairs. Claim yours today. Today, only today, if you come, you buy one, get two. In fact, if you join the church today, we'll give you a $5 Walmart card. I'm just joking. We should really start doing stuff like that. Just to get people in here to hear the message. I'm joking. I'm joking. Joking, joking. Um, this is really who we are. It's what we believe. We know what Christ did for us. We know that he completed the work. We know that we're, there, there's, no, there's nothing else we can do to earn what God has given us. Amen? We are favored by God. And we receive that here. That's what we believe. That's what we preach. If, if if you're if you have a prayer request like like little Mia did like uh, Danny did with little Mia man let us pray over you let us pray with you let us encourage you uh, please don't leave here if you have that prayer request we want to be able to minister to you and uh, last but certainly not least if you don't know who Jesus is and I just want you to know he, he loves people he loves you right where you are with your sin he loves you. With your sin, he loves you, but he paid for your sin. There's no more judgment in Christ. There's no more condemnation in Christ. There's no more shame. There's no more guilt in Christ. That's the key. You got to know. It's one thing to, to know him, but you got to believe the love that God has. You got to believe. And if you haven't prayed that prayer, I want to pray that prayer with you. Will you bow your head? Just repeat after me. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I confess Jesus with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead.
thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know you're saved right where you are. You don't have to come down here. You don't have to take a class. You are saved right where you are. That's how easy God made it. But don't forget it's not cheap. It's not cheap. And I want you to know something else. When you leave this place, you will be better before you came in here. Because you just experienced Jesus. Amen? Pastor D, he prays a prayer over you to bless you. He literally prays, prays scripture over you. It's one thing if you just want to sit there. Remember, you can have as much Jesus as you want. And when he prays something and it strikes you, man, it hits your spirit, you say amen. Amen means may it be so in my life. Amen. And as he prays this blessing over you, man, I want you just to, would you guys all just stand with me? I want you to receive it, however the Lord lays it on your heart. But by saying amen, you're, you're agreeing with what God is saying through Pastor D. Y'all ready? Who's ready to receive? Hey, when you receive something, do you do it like this? No, what's the posture for receiving? It's just like this. If somebody's going to give you something, you got to do it. If somebody offers you a million dollars and you like this, they're going to go to somebody else. I'm, I'm telling you there's something out there that's greater than a million dollars. Amen? There's something out there that's greater. It's called the blessings of Abraham, and you have every single one of them. All right, I'm going to Come on, church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus, the true bread of Christmas. We just thank you, Lord, for the message of hope that we get to hear, we get to receive. Father, we thank you, Lord, for just blessing us beyond our wildest dreams, God. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to just show up in every season of our lives, God, to walk with us, to be with us. Father, to strengthen, to encourage us, to remind us, Father, of your word, of your promises, which are in Christ. Yes and amen. Father, we thank you for every precious promise uh, that you have spoken out over us, that you have declared. Father, we just bless you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that reminds us of, of your word and what you've said. We thank you, Father, for not only your written word, but your, your rhema word. And most importantly, we thank you for the, the word that came in the flesh and dwelt among us, your son, Jesus. We just bless you, God. We thank you so much for just the opportunity to speak life one over another. And Father, we just uh, take this opportunity to just speak life over this congregation, for the Father, over this body of believers, every person uh, and every household represented in this place. Father, we thank you uh, that you have blessed us to be a blessing. We thank you, Father, that we receive and we walk in the blessing of Abraham and we thank you, Father, for the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of your grace. We thank you, Father, for giving us faith to believe, to trust in you. We thank you, Father, for equipping us, Father, to, to do your work. Thank you for causing us to be your hands and your feet, and being your mouthpiece, Father. Thank you, Father, for every opportunity that you give us to share this good news, to share the blessing, the blessing of life and life eternal that you have given us through your son, Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you, and we ask God to just continue to order our steps and give us, us those divine appointments and those opportunities so that we can continue, as your word says, to be imitators of God, be imitators of our fathers. And just like Jesus said, doing what we see you do and, 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 and saying what we hear you say. We bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are dismissed.